My favorite writer for Deadpool is actually Victor Gishler. No one cares. Okay, hello and welcome to Off Time Drive. My name is Tyler Pino. Gian. <laughs> and I'm Michael Holler. Gian Gomez. No, just, just Gian. Just Gian? You're like, share. Or according to the people, Wendy's just G. Oh, GG. Yeah, GG. Actually, sometimes it's Jean. Yeah, they do Jean or with the J Jean. Blue Jean? I like to mix it up. Okay, fellas, how was your week? It's long. It's too long. You know what, Wait, what happened in it? You know, you know what was great though. We were um, we were planning actually to see uh, Birdman no, with no. Michael Keaton last night, and it was really exciting. It was, wasn't last night. It was, it like, was yeah, it yeah, was, it was last, last night. night. And it was it was what I was putting like all my heart and soul into. I was really excited. We were gonna take Only the subway. We we're gonna take the subway up. <laughs> you spent your go. last eight dollars. I on spent it. my last eight dollars. I now cannot eat for the week, and I was really excited. We we're gonna go see Birdman, and then what? An hour before we were supposed to leave. Gian here, Mr. Mr. Gene, was like, no, I'm not going. I quit my job. Well, I can't your, go to a movie. You put all your eggs in one basket. I right? put all my eggs in one basket. <laughs> and that basket was fucking crushed by Gian Gomez. It's kind of funny because it's a... Br- That's how my week went. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Sounds okay to me. <laughs> How'd your week go, Gian? Uh, Tell the folks at home what you've done it's this good. last, you know... And uh, or not done since last job. we've spoke. Done. Why? What were you doing before? We're Comic-Con. That's what I was doing. That's where your heart was, but the con <laughs> ended. And now what are you going to do? Now my dreams are gone. <laughs> I don't want to do a real job now. Good. Well, my week's been fantastic. Yeah? At school. I haven't slept much. That's not good. Why? Yeah, because I'm not good at sleeping. Because every time I fall asleep, I wake up, and Michael is standing over my bed, staring at me, breathing heavily, and eating Hostess cupcakes. It's just because I love you. Well, we know, but... Yeah. I got fucking roaches in my room. Uh, that wasn't my fault. That was your roommate. No, no. Roaches aren't attracted to sardines or other Swedish food. Is that a, is that a Swedish thing? I don't know, man. <laughs> I have no Shall we talk clue. about Birdman? Well, Gian? we can't. Let's talk about we Birdman. We had a show, Gian? but now no, we don't. We're not, we're not talking about Birdman. Because no one's going to see that movie, Michael. You know, you know what was the worst part about it? The <laughs> no, worst part God. about it... Is I was talking to Gian about an hour ago, and he told me, "Hey, did you know Edward Norton's in Birdman?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, and I do know Edward Norton's in Birdman." And he fucking told me, "You know, I kind of want to see that movie now." Yeah. I about killed him right then and there. You'll have many of those moments, Michael, <laughs> throughout throughout your Gomez friendship. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to every one of them. I assure you. Well, no, it's just every two to three months. Gian goes through this thing where he quits his job and then doesn't want to do anything for like no, there's three days. No, that's what I want to do. I just don't want to, you that's, know, a job. Right. But then, like, well, what did that have to do with Birdman? What? Nothing. That, that had nothing to then do Then why didn't we see Birdman? No. Because I didn't want to pay for Birdman. It cost $8. I still don't I'd have bought your ticket. I still don't want to pay It's for the podcast. It's it is for the podcast. We can't. Well, not not today. Apparently, 
we, 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 can, we can review two things on this podcast. Topic of the week and Gotham. Now, you already fucked us on the topic of the week, so... So you better be caught up on Gotham <laughs> and ready to talk. Up. I am caught up on Gotham. Please so, yeah. With two episodes of Gotham. Okay, first of all, we'll start with Arkham. Right. Um, an episode that I actually liked a lot. Right, I actually I saw that episode before these other two here, and I mm-hmm. immediately sent them a message like, guys, you need to watch out Goth- um, Gotham. Because it's the first episode that we've seen where it shows us a glimpse of what the show has the potential to be. Mm-hmm. And it was really exciting. We got to see the show from the perspective of a legitimate cop drama. It didn't try to throw in all these arbitrary plot threads with Selena Kyle. Ivy Pepper's been abandoned. I can't believe she was on the billboards because she was in one episode and then gone. What was she really in that episode? She was in two minutes. Two she, minutes of the pilot. Yeah, I, and the Riddler's been on the billboards too. It's kind of funny that those are the characters that they, I guess, I mean, those are the the big name characters. But then, like, after the pilot, they're just, they vanish. Hopefully um, the showrunners, the hopefully the showrunners were, you know, taking flack from the studio, like, put in Poison Ivy, put in Poison Ivy. So they're like, fine, you know what, you want Poison Ivy? Here you go. Here's well, two yeah. minutes of her. And I, that's what I've said from the start. I think that the pilot itself, um, um, and as tends to be the case with pilots of anything, they, they try to throw it all in there at once. So they need to show you everything that the show can or may or may not be. But they're like, okay, we're making a Batman show, so it's got to have Batman characters. Um, so, you know, Balloon Man is not a Batman character, as far as I know. So he w- had to wait till episode three. I met a guy that was on that, in that episode. Really? Yeah. Was he Balloon Man? No, no, I don't remember. He said, well, he had like a co-star in it. So that means um, a co-star, for anybody who doesn't know, like the SAG contracts, is... When you have a guest spot on a show and you have less than five lines, I think, and then if it's more than five lines, then it's a guest star, and anything below that is just an extra. Um, that's how the contracts work. But he had a co-star. I don't remember who he said he played. He said, well, he ended up playing like a criminal. I think he said he was in the the police station because he has a lot of tattoos and stuff. So he's like, yeah, they put me in the otherwise put known me in jail. Otherwise known as the worst design police station to ever grace any type of screen I feel ever. like I've seen it before, like that yeah, set. it looks really familiar. It does, doesn't it? You think I it's actually... It's from a movie. It's got to be like a New York set, because that's a set. Yeah. And they're shooting in New York, and there aren't very many, you know, sound studios around here, so... It's probably somewhere in Brooklyn. A lot of stuff gets recycled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of, a lot of places out there. But no, yeah, I feel like I've, I've seen it before. You know, isn't that kind of bad where you're looking at a show and it's supposed to be set in Gotham City, it's supposed to be a Batman show, and you're like, wow, you know what, that looks really familiar. And the first thing you want to think is, you know, that's probably something they just tore straight from the panels of the comic, you know, it's really heavily influenced by Batman. And you're like, no, it's just, you know, a recorded set that they just recycled from other productions. I mean, they do that in movies all the time, though, like... They did that in the Batman movies, and like Wayne Manor in this one, um, they've revisited. I, I I believe it's from the Joel Schumacher movies because that was in New York, um, and the Tim Burton ones. The first one was shot, of course, famously in England. Then they moved the production to Los Angeles and built the set. And you could tell because the second movie feels so much more cramped than the first one. I mean, they both felt cramped to a degree, you know what I mean? But they were kind of supposed to. But uh, it, it definitely shows that Gotham wasn't set in a real uh, uh, environment. Especially the Joel movies. Schumacher films. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, the Joel Schumacher ones. What, what was with Gotham City in that one? It, it looked like Tokyo. It looked like anime Tokyo at that. It, it, looked, it looked like a three-year-old threw together four different cities mm-hmm. in just random patterns and just put statues everywhere. Yeah. It was I like, mean... 
it was like Hot Wheels designed the city because they had like a lot of things were like oh and then we're gonna drive the Batmobile through here then off this ramp and off this statue and everything it, it looked like a Hot Wheels gimmick basically it did it was very toyetic as Joel Schumacher would say did, um, he, did he really say that he did well this that's a, that's an actual like uh, studio term I guess you know Warner Brothers came to him and said that the last one obviously Batman uh, returns did not sell enough toys. I wonder why. Because all you could market was like S&M Catwoman and horrible sewer freak penguin. Well, you, they you, didn't make a good Happy Meal, Michael. You you could put like um you know that like little play set, and you can like throw babies into the river, kind of like a board game. <laughs> That'd be fun, right? It's it's like I would a, play that game. It's like skee ball. Children except, would not. Except ski, it's like skee ball. Except like the that, balls uh, are shaped like babies. You broke the ice with the little hand. Except it's babies on the ice instead of penguins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'd play that game. Yeah. I'd totally buy a copy of that game. But no, toyetic, I guess it's like a, a buzz term used in the Hollywood that basically means we're going to make this movie to sell toys. But, you know, you think about it, like, it always kind of threw me off, like, with the Dark Knight franchise. They, ha- they always had, like, it's Dark Knight funny. They action do. figures. But it, I'd look at them and go... They have nothing to do with the movie. Yeah, it's like... Batman in his anti-Mr. Freeze costume, and it's all silver and blue, and it looks like it's from Batman and Robin, but it's labeled The Dark Knight, and mm-hmm. it's like... Yeah, it looks... Is... It just got, like, the Christian Bell... Yeah. Cow. Yeah. It's, it's funny that it took them that long to realize that that was a thing that they could do. Like, they could make a decent movie and make a bunch of stupid toys that kids are still gonna buy, and they don't have to ruin the movie to do... God, I remember, I remember owning... Batman and Robin on VHS, and every time before the movie would play, they'd have that 30-second TV spot on the VHS where it's, like, the toy advertisements, like the Batman and Robin, the movie, the toys. And every time I saw them, like, this 30-second commercial has a better narrative structure than this entire film. <laughs> but, man, those ice skates were awesome. Yeah. Uh, who directed that tr- who, who directed that toy advertisement? They did a better job than Joel Schumacher. Yeah. Joel Schumacher has gone on the record and apologized for those movies, and so has George Clooney. Yeah, George Clooney has apologized everybody for involved. multiple times. Yeah. Actually, let's go around. Have you forgiven George Clooney for Batman and Robin, Gian? <laughs> Speak into your microphone. Speak into the mic. Yeah. I, I really don't care. It's in the past. I don't. I don't. I haven't watched this movie since they came out, so I don't really have anything against them. You're I did holding try it upside watch, down, by the way. I did try to watch um, uh, the one with. What? Oh. Yeah, it's, Gian uh, Gomez. You speak into the why top. Why didn't they just make it that? That's the speaker. I don't That's know. fucking weird. Gian Gomez speaking to the wrong well, end of his microphone. a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't care about this movie. <clears throat> yeah, I. I honestly don't give a shit. I mean, I don't feel like there's. A, I, I. I don't forgive him because I don't feel that it was his fault. I mean, there was nothing that. Can you imagine an actor saving that movie? I don't think it could be done. Uh, yes. The one actor who, no matter what he's in, will save that film is Stanley Tucci. I don't even know who that is. Sta- you don't know Stanley Tucci? Yes, I do. I'm just saying. I was about to, like, just... I don't know, drop the mic, do a mic drop, walk out of the room. And do it's it. my room, so that'd be a little awkward. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no matter, no matter what film he is in, Stanley Tucci will save that film, at least to some degree. And that's... How I felt about the first Hunger Games film. Terrible, awful film. But Stanley Tucci was great. Who is Stanley Tucci? 
Facebook. Who the fuck was he in the Hunger Games? He was the um, he was the guy that oh, was the the, uh, the, the TV uh, show guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the guy was in the. He, he carried one. that movie for you? Yeah, he carried that movie. He was in it for 35 yeah, seconds. I didn't even remember that he was in that. That's well, I mean, what, what else do you have to carry that movie? Nothing, and it, that's why it sank. It, no, it didn't sink. It did extremely well. Well, yeah, but we've been over this before. There's a difference between doing well in terms of, you know, yeah, popularity or doing well in terms of being a good film. Now, what are you talking about? It's what the MTV Movie Choice Awards are for. So you whatever, golden whatever, whatever makes the most money obviously has to be the best film. Yeah. Transformers 4. Best film ever made. Of all time. By, by man. Yeah, Stanley Tucci. Um, so if you're listening... Uh, Michael's got a big boner for you. Well, it's not really a big boner. It's, a, it's about the size of a small stack of dimes. <laughs> 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 but, um... I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> the Stanley Tucci. I'm now effects. thinking of a roll of dimes and what that size is. Anyways. Um, it's about like this. Like a. <laughs> like no, you go to the bank and wrap dimes. It's about that width, too. <laughs> oh, right. Speaking of box office money, um, Guardians of the Galaxy this week just also passed. The Winter Soldier to be the third highest grossing Marvel film really? of all time. So, that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I feel like box office numbers today, and I, I guess maybe if I was, you know, getting that money, I'd be super excited. Yeah. But it's like, I'm happy that it's a movie like that and not something like Transformers. But at the same time, it's like, when the Avengers comes out and inevitably tops all of them, just like, yeah, well, it was gonna do that. They're yeah. huge fucking movies. It's just like... Nothing is surprising at this point anymore, you know what I mean? If it came out and made, like, $2 trillion, I'd be like, holy shit. Or, <laughs> conversely, if it came out and it made, like, no money, it was, John like... John Cotter? Like, it made less than Tusk, and you're just like, the event... Wow, that's too bad. I'm, then, yeah, I'd be super surprised, too. But when you're like, yeah, it made, like, $10 million more than the other one, I'm like, I, get, I think it's just inflation rising rapidly week by week. I think the reason why it's surprising to me is because it was a film of which was not established in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Iron Man 3 made a lot of money because a lot of people liked Iron Man and a lot of people saw Iron Man 2. So Iron Man 3 inevitably made a lot of money. Marvel built up this whole cinematic universe, so of course the Avengers made a lot of money. But Guardians of the Galaxy, it kind of came out of left field for most audiences. Like, people didn't know, people didn't give a shit, but... They saw it when it came out, and it did extremely well, both you know critically and financially. So I'm I'm really happy that that type of film succeeded because again it shows Warner Brothers and DC, even though they're going to refuse to see it. Um, you don't always have to do the dark, gritty, brooding superhero. You can have fun with it, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. So hopefully, different studios take hints that people still like to go to films and enjoy it, and not necessarily walk out depressed. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's it's kind of a perfect example of that. Although they'll also, on the flip side of that, say, "Well, Winter Soldier wasn't you know bright and cheery." I'm like, yeah, it's just about making a good movie. You know, I haven't actually seen Winter Soldier yet. Really? Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. It's it's like I hated the first Captain America. I really did. We walked out of it. Um, it's so bad. It was all those dumb montages. There, that was a film of montages. It really yeah. was, but like. Here's the thing. They had enough time. 
It, first of all, it felt like it was a four-hour movie that they cut down into two and a half hours, which is weird because I felt bored the whole time, and I'm like, I don't need any more story, but I was like, I kind of feel like I maybe I want it to be should. interesting. Like, maybe you should actually give me some story. And... Right, well, there were just like beats happening out of nowhere where it would just be like, yeah, so Captain America and this British lady, they hate each other, right? And then she's like, why didn't you call me last night? And you're like, what? wait, <laughs> <laughs> she likes him. Yeah, and it, it just came out of nowhere, yeah. just because you know it's obligatory that he see, has to have a female love interest. See, it very much felt like if he like hooked up with Dum Dum Dugan, I'd have like who Dum Dum Dugan. He's he's like that. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he have the bowler cap? Like, yeah, he is. He's like the Irish guy with the big handlebar mustache. He's oh, a guy, he was he was also in the other World War Two. Okay, I like that uh, thing I like Band of Brothers. Band yeah, they forgot about it because the movie's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> But um, but no, it 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 felt like a World War Two drama made to be PG, which is what it was, and it uh-huh. felt really wrong. I mean, not just like pacing issues, but like the action felt bland. It it just I nothing the movie. Like I didn't hate it. I also didn't like it. I'll just I nothinged it. You know. I don't, I don't think I've ever finished it. I've tried on several occasions, like on Netflix. I think I offended some girl because I. We had just you do that we had a lot. Just tried to see it. Well, yeah, we had just tried to see it, and uh, I think I was in Wellington or something, and with a bunch of people, and the subject of Captain America got brought up, and she was just like gushing over this movie, and I was like, I guess she was a fan of the comics or something, mm-hmm. so she really enjoyed it, and I was like, yeah, it was really fucking boring. <laughs> I was like, yeah. nothing happened in it. There was just montage after montage, and. Right. Well, they had like 15 minutes to devote to a fucking dance number. Yeah, but what? then like all of the action scenes were done in montage. Like you never actually yeah. see Captain America fight anybody in that movie. You see a like a demo reel of him like if that was his audition, he's like these are the guys that I fought in the past. Yeah. Um, you don't have to see the whole thing. Just know that I won. Just yeah, it's there there was one really really great thing about that movie though. And that was uh after the credits for that instead of having some bullshit 30 second quip that we're getting nowadays it was the first trailer for the avengers which was really interesting and honestly that again was the best part of the film for me i saw it on opening night i sat through that entire film and at the end uh everyone in the theater got to see the very first look at the avengers and it made everyone really happy and it made us forget that you know the film itself was pretty bad you know that that film came out at the same time as john favreau's cowboys and aliens i believe did it? Did either of you guys see that? No, I didn't. Um, I heard good things, and it looked so silly. But why? What did you think? You heard good um, things. Yeah, yeah, like there were a lot of people that really, really, well, not like really liked it. Uh-huh. I think that the critical consensus on that, and I could be remembering it wrong, but they were just like, I can't believe this movie worked because <laughs> it looked so stupid. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely it was a film that was done. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the studio was expecting when they greenlit the film, but exactly what you think it was, that's what it was. Just, you know, not as terrible. Well said. It, not, not as terrible. I mean, again, like, seeing, seeing that trailer, I was sitting there going, what are they doing at this point? But honestly, it was enjoyable. Like, it was a much, it was a much more watchable film than Captain America. I, I could be remembering this wrong, but as I remember it, I did see Cowboys and Aliens like the same week I saw Captain America, and I 
remember liking Cowboys and Aliens so much more, like to the point where I actually bought that film on Blu-ray when it came out, just because it's fun to watch, you know? Yeah. But. Yeah. No, that was a. I. It's kind of funny that uh, you bring that up. It was a weird year for transposing um, sci-fi over top of old-timey shit. Yeah. What else came out that weird or that year? Just those two. Just those two. It's enough for me. <laughs> I don't remember anything enough, else that came out that year. It's enough historical science fiction fantasy graphic novel crossover. What year was that? Uh, 2008, I want to say. No. No, no, no. That was yeah, like Iron that Man. Was, yeah, that was, oh, that was that 2008 was Iron Man, right? Um, so 2011, maybe? It did come out in 2000. Okay, so the same year as Green Lantern, then. So it was a big, oh, God. big year oh, God, for wonderful that movie. cinema. Is that uh, the same year Wolf the Ro- Wolverine movie came out, the second one? No, no, that came out 2013, didn't it? Yeah, 2012, 2013. Uh, yeah. I remember... Because I want to say X-Men Origins came out in 2009? Yeah. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. But I, I remember when Green Lantern came out, and it came out the same week, and I, I remember this, it had the same opening weekend as the Jim Carrey film, Mr. Popper's Penguins. <laughs> and I remember looking at Rotten Tomatoes that week, and seeing Green Lantern at something like 8% and Mr. Popper's Penguins somewhere at 18%. And I was just thinking, like, my God, there's no way it's that bad. And for, I guess for some odd reason, I saw both of those films that weekend just to see. And Rotten Tomatoes was right. Mr. Popper's Penguins, I, it's, it's 10% better than the Green Lantern uh. film was. <laughs> That's really too bad. It really is. I mean... What went wrong in that film? Everything? Literally everything. No, but I mean... Oh, and like, Mr. Popper's Penguins? I have no idea. No, no, but I mean... That Green was doomed from the get-go. the Penguins? Right. <laughs> no, but I mean, Green Lantern, like... Granted, Ryan Reynolds seemed like a bad casting decision, but as far as every other character, everyone seemed casted well. It was fine. The soundtrack was good. You know, everything... It just... It fell apart. It's just the, the story seams. wasn't there. Yeah. It, it wasn't a compelling film or narrative i don't know i don't even want to talk about that movie (laughs) it just makes me sad but while we're on the topic of penguins going back to gotham arkham arkham is impressed it's very impressed yes um and i think for me like the big standout in this show is robin lord taylor um i think he's doing fantastic I think he's very charismatic, and I like the what 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 he's doing. Like I said on the last one, I don't really care much for the direction of of, of the character itself, just because that's not Penguin to me. Um, but he is by far like the 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 standout. I think he's the breakaway star from this. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that he f- doesn't feel like the Penguin. Um, I don't know if you heard about this, but I guess there's this big rumor circulating the internet now that Robin Lord Taylor isn't actually playing the Penguin. People are saying, oh no, he's actually playing the Joker. And, it, I don't know, it was this really weird theory. I, think I did that? start to read that. Like, I saw a headline that was like, was the Joker there in front of us this whole time? Yeah. Um, was, uh, was probably something like that. I don't know, explain yourself, sir. Um, I mean, I, I kind of half-assed read it. Like, I wasn't really paying attention. But, um... No, people were saying, like, I guess the instigation was the suit that he has now that I guess he bought that Maroney gave him the money for, like, it has tints of, like, green and purple, and that's really all they had, basically, and they're like, oh, he likes killing for fun, 
and things like that the penguin didn't do but the joker does it often mm-hmm. and you know his physique doesn't match the penguin it matches more like the joker i mean it's just things that they're just kind of they're grasping at straws you know like, I, I mean yeah that's uh, that kind of sounds like a dumb theory but yeah it's it's it yeah, it's grasping at thro- straws is what it is. Although, I, I totally get what they're saying, because he does... He doesn't seem like the Penguin. He does come off more Jokerish than Penguinish because the Penguin's not mentally ill. When the Penguin gets caught, he goes to Blackgate. He doesn't go to Arkham. He's just a mobster. Um, and yes, narratively, you can't start at that and then progress and expect to have an arc, so I understand what they're doing. Yeah. But I'm just like, I don't know. I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have written it that way. I'm happy with the casting, and I'm happy that if they did go that way, which they obviously did, that they got somebody who could pull it off, and they really did. But, uh, yeah, I'm just like, I, I want the Penguin to be the Penguin. Yeah, it was it was really funny, actually, when I was looking up during uh, the, the following episode, I was looking up Robin Lord Taylor and what he's done in the past, and it, it didn't hit me until the moment I saw it on IMDb. Robin Lord Taylor... And this is why I seem so familiar. Also played... Um, ADD guy. ADD in Accepted. <laughs> uh, the film with... What's his name? He was in Tusk, too. Jake Long. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Long. Justin Long. Just, yeah, Jake just, Long is the American dragon <laughs> from right, the Disney right. Channel. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot that show existed. But, um, but yeah, it was... God, it was so funny seeing, and I looked up clips, and like he looks the same, mm-hmm. and it's hilarious. And what I kind of like is like it's it's a very similar character, which just kind of leads me to believe that yeah, that's just him. He's he's creepy and insane. It's just it's, it's a person. It, it's not even him as a person. It's the character from that show is just carried over. Mm-hmm. He he got tired of being called ADD, and you know moved to Gotham City and started beating people with umbrellas and such. Oh yeah, the. the the next episode that's supposed to come out, well, you know, not the next one, but the, the one following that is supposed to be called The Penguin's Umbrella. Mm-hmm. So I do hope we get to see Machine Gun Umbrella. That will make my day. That would be fun. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to go, like, uh, goofy and over the top, like the comic booky aspect that they're going for, yeah, fucking give us a Machine Gun Umbrella. Why totally the fuck not? Totally inconsistent. Right. We've already seen, um, like, this super gas, this prelude to Venom, uh, Viper. God, I feel in the second like, episode. I feel like a lot of the things that they have in the show aren't done in a smart way. It's just kind of shoved down your throat, you know? Like, mm-hmm. the Marvel films, well. the Marvel films, when they have Easter eggs in it, they're so subtle. that unless, yeah, this is TV. Yeah, that's true. I but, mean... But, like, the Marvel, when they do things like Easter eggs like that, they're so subtle that you can barely even notice it. And it's neat that when you go back and watch it, you can see it. But with, um, with Gotham, it's like, it's... You know, the second stage is called the Venom, and they're very, you know, it's, they make it. They try they're to make it more so blatant, but you have to stop and think from their perspective. Like, it's not necessarily only comic book fans that they're going for. If they were, then they put it on the CW. Um, or you know, they'd make the show less blatantly obvious. Well, it's like, it, it can't just be enough that you're going to get the Easter egg. It has to be enough that your parents are going to get the Easter egg. Would they, though? I, feel I like don't know. My dad... I actually watched the second episode of Gotham with my dad, and he liked it a lot. Really? Um, it is... It's really... It's crafted for a very, very broad audience, and I think that's what kind of turns us off to it. Yeah. It's like... You're just like... Especially as a comic book fan, and a fan of nerd culture in general, who's 
familiar with these characters, it's like you've seen the story done and you've seen it done better. Yeah, and there was, exactly. you know, and it has nothing to do with the showrunners, it has nothing to do with the writers, it has nothing to do with the directors. It's just, you know, when you're writing for television, it's got to be bigger. Um, they're not going to put a comic book on Fox. I think it would have been, you know, really, really cool if they could have done it and, like, put it on HBO and, like, a I don't know. Yeah. Like True Detective. Right. But with Gotham. And maybe in the future we'll see something like that with the Batman mythos. Or we'll start seeing more stuff like that. Um, in gen- oh, well, maybe not from DC because they're... Warner Brothers uh, is affiliated with the CW and now they're selling you know, to Fox and other stuff, but even Disney is putting it on ABC. Although, aren't they doing, like, web stuff? I don't really follow all the Marvel stuff. Aren't they doing, like, web things with, uh... Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the, they're doing, like, a Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of crossover really? bridge thing. See, Marvel's just taking over. Yeah. Like, they're taking over at this point. No, I remember they did, um... They did a short film, I believe... I think it came on the special features mm-hmm. of either the Avengers or Captain America 2 or something. It was like, fuck, what was it? Package 47 or something like that? It was about this couple that were in New York and picked up one of the Chitauri weapons and, you know, rob banks and things. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, they're having... Marvel's coming out with their new show uh, about Peggy Carter, which you're going to love. Mm-hmm. The, um, the side character from... The first Captain America film, she's getting her own TV show, and I well, guess, thank God for that. Yeah, thank God on for that. what channel? Uh, I think it might be ABC as well. Jesus, why? Yeah, but <laughs> I, I guess I guess they're worried. The microphone. I have it right here. Okay. I, I guess they're worried <laughs> that Agents of Shield is failing, so they're trying to just you know put something else in its place. I guess that's one of those things, like. Which is definitely not the Peggy Carter show. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going down. Well, we there's only one person to save the them. day. Peggy the old Carter. lady. <laughs> this looks like a job full. Well, is it going to be a period piece? They're going to get you. They're going to use the younger version of her, I'm assuming. They're not going to use, no, like, the 90-year-old one from no, the soldier that's dying. Between old and young Peggy. Oh. <laughs> it's it's going to be the same actor from the Captain America film. It's a miniseries. Okay, so, yeah, they're going to use the younger one. But, I don't know, that'd, that'd be interesting. I'd, I'd watch a nine-year-old girl beat the crap out of people. Bedridden. Be <laughs> Bedridden Peggy from so, like, wheeling around. I was just on um, the Gotham subreddit. In case you were wondering what happened yeah, to John Gomez in the past uh, ten minutes. And I guess Jada Pinkett Smith uh, wants Green Arrow and Black Canary on Gotham. That's not going to happen. Yeah. They've already... Yeah. Just, they've yeah. already DC has already stated that no characters are going to... No characters on Gotham will either be in... The Flasher era, which well, I, like I, it would create like this weird canonical yeah issue because but like why has that ever bothered DC? Yeah, I guess it hasn't. Because um, I mean, well, I mean, fucking Arrow is Batman. It's basically right. They're like, well, we can't put Batman in this show, so we're just gonna make Green Arrow into Batman and then ignore everything that's happened to that character over the last forty-five years. You know, I don't. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I mean, obviously neither of you guys watch Arrow, but I heard somewhere in Arrow that Harley Quinn mm-hmm. was yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, she was in it, I believe. Right. right. So and is uh, like Rachel Gould. He's coming or up. before she becomes Harley Quinn. I don't. As like the Doctor. I'm not familiar, but but apparently she was in it, and um, she was also in Birds of Prey. <laughs> right. No one saw that. <laughs> <laughs> you damn right. They all should. <laughs> 
But um, okay, so let's just say that Gotham is not that. <laughs> I mean, we've talked shit about Gotham in the past, but like, it ain't Birds of Prey, dude. And you don't. I, I gotta get the DVDs up here so you could see that it's. It ain't Birds of Prey. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nothing How bad is Birds. Was it? Oh, you have no idea. It it's like I don't under it's the worst when piece did that of television. Come out? Was this in during history. like when shows like Charmed were out? It came on just after Smallville started taking off. So it was like two thousand three. God, I was It was I believe it was before the Nolan movies, actually. It was they were still at the point where like they were like we can't do a live action Batman. It's still Joel Schumacher kills it. Too soon, yeah. Too soon, dude. They're not gonna. If we try to make um, if we try to revive the Batman franchise at this point, it's not gonna seem like CPR. It's gonna seem like necrophilia. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And he like you see him kind of flashes at him in silhouette, and you see the Joker, and it's voiced by Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. They're two live action actors playing them. But, like, they're just, like, really quick. It was actually a cool little part of that show where they're having, like, this final showdown where uh, it's... It, it, or Okay. Joker paralyzes Barbara Gordon. Okay. And it's that. And then from that, the mythos of this particular show spins off. So it's it's the killing joke. But after that... They're not done um, well. <laughs> well, they don't really touch on it. I'm, I'm just going to pretend that it was done really well, but it wasn't on camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just makes me sleep better at night. But <laughs> uh, so yeah, after Apparently that, yeah, I mean, like you see them, the house is on fire, and like they're fighting, and then that's done, and then Oracle's in a wheelchair for the rest of the series. She has uh, <laughs> there's a romance with a guy, and just like it was the strangest thing to see done on television because there's like this love scene wait, wait, wait. but she's in her wheelchair oh my God. and I'm just like this is the most tactless tasteless <laughs> Holy shit. depiction of like <laughs> handicapped sex I've ever seen <laughs> was it like in um, Tom Green's movie with the handicapped sex <laughs> It wasn't She's quite like, that. She's like, hit me with the sticks. Yeah. Hit my legs with sticks. No, that exact thing happened. And then he had a bunch of sausages hanging from the ceiling. It was actually Tom Green in the show playing Barbara Gordon. Right. Which is my favorite part. And then an elephant ejaculates all yeah. over him. No, I don't remember the actress's name, but she was one of the high points of the show. I liked Barbara Gordon in that a lot. And no one else. Do you remember the actress's name? No, I just said Give that. Give a little Gina. shout out. I would. But, you know, if she's listening, which she probably is. Uh, she dreams I, I like of being you. back yeah. on Birds of Prey. She's like, I want to get on One this Gotham One day they'll thing. revive Birds of Prey. <laughs> come on, CW. Make it happen. It's come f- on. At this point, it's like, come on, Netflix. Make it happen. Uh, yeah. DC is going to go crawling to Netflix. It's like, you have three Marvel shows coming out. Make a DC show. I'd be fine with that. Give it to Amazon. I'm sure like, just because Netflix has this Marvel thing. They've probably approached DC and Warner Brothers, and then they're like, no, our films are perfect. No, no, see, at this point, like, Warner Brothers and DC, they're so against the times right now, they'll be like, internet shows? No one's gonna watch that. <laughs> what the hell is the we're internet? We're putting it on the silver screen, and we're, it's gonna be on TV. Look, this internet thing is just a passing fad. Yeah, people, people still watch cable. <laughs> Listen to the radio. 
Listen to the radio. Yeah, yeah see, we're gonna put it on Fox Network, see? Mm -hmm. Gotham. <laughs> so, yeah, Viper. Oh, God, that was... Okay, so, while we were watching Viper, I was so astounded because I thought that after Arkham, the show was... Like, Arkham was done really well, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And after that, I thought, okay, they got over the first couple episodes, so the studio... It picks its direction. They're ready. They're going to go in the direction that they want. They chose it now. And then Viper came out and completely just obliterated that notion. No, I disagree. Like, I don't think it was anywhere near as good as Arkham. But I don't think it was a complete two steps back. I think it was like, eh. Because there were a lot of things that happened um, in it that, that I, I didn't mind so much. Like... They, this was the first time that they've had like the Bruce Wayne character, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is watchable. But just because he's acting like Bruce Wayne, um, and at least they understand that character to a degree. But uh, the the drug itself, I just thought, uh, yeah, it was a little bit silly. See, I felt like one of the strong points... For I thought they were going to do Maxi Zeus, but he just called the guy Zeus. And it wasn't, because that guy died. Spoilers! See, I I was really frustrated because Arkham, it was a very centralized story. It was about, you know, the police officers. It was about Gordon and Bullock. And, you know, Bruce Wayne had two scenes in it. Fish Mooney had a scene in it. But it was very sure. much focused on the crime aspect. It was like CSI Gotham. Mm -hmm. And it was really exciting because I felt like, okay, they're going to, you know, they're going to serialize the show. They're going to have it from this perspective and it's going to be good now. And in the next episode, it went back to... The poorly done Game of Thrones aspect. We're gonna have four different stories. Yeah, lines there is that that I don't. It's just I, yeah, I don't know. And I, they, they want to tackle super crime. Yeah, you know, and I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, especially at this point in Gotham's history, like, you know, mm -hmm. the Batman isn't here. There's not much you can really do that's all terribly interesting to. Yeah, you know, having mean, a Batman story without Batman, but sure. We were, as we were watching Viper, we looked up IMDb to try and find the director of Arkham, and we found the director and the screenwriter, and Well, we found the writer. The director, I believe, has been the same. Oh, is it? No, no, I'm wrong. No, we found a director for Arkham, but yeah, we did not we find a find director for Viper. for Viper, yeah. Which, it's not listed for some reason. Yeah, well, it's either not listed or not there, which would make a lot of sense to me, because it felt like Viper had no direction. Yeah, I, well, I don't know how... You know that works in terms of television. Um, like if they maybe well, maybe. different shows work in different ways, but for the most part, you always have a director. So I'm thinking like maybe it's just not listed as a mistake. Maybe they just had like eight units out, and they all just they filmed the show in one day. They just had mm -hmm. eight units out in different places, all filming different things, and they just slapped them together. And I mean, just because it's not listed on the IMDb doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It's because uh, IMDb is very haphazard sometimes. I mean, they list people like me and who shouldn't be on it, but and then they don't list the director to Gotham. Um, but yeah, because it's not it's not like that's an official thing. Somebody, I'm sure it's just like some um, intern typing up the credits and submitting it to IMDb. Mm. I'm currently looking up Tyler Pino on IMDb. It's in searching. Um, yes, I play actor two in some film that I've I honestly okay. have never seen. 
Tyler Pino is an actor known for Ten Williams, 2012. Mm-hmm. The picture of you on here, you need to change this. <laughs> it's from no, a it's from not, movie. It's not a very flattering picture of you. All filmography. Upcoming projects. Ten Williams, 2012. Mm-hmm. If it's 2012, was it upcoming? Is it still upcoming? If it came out I don't know what happened with it, honestly. I It was a friend of mine that directed it. I don't know if he submitted it to festivals or what his plan was for it, but there. Also in trivia, it says co-founder and... Of Off-Time Internet of Radio. Off-Time Internet it does. Radio. I wonder... I I helped with the production of a film. Uh, I believe they're taking it to different um, film festivals now. Mm-hmm. I wonder how it's doing. I don't know. Are you listed? I might be listed. I was supposed to originally be... Um, this is a fascinating segment for everyone listening. Yeah. I was I was actually supposed to be the first AD, but I couldn't. Oh, it's on it's on IMDb. I was supposed to be the first AD, but um, what actually happened? But was, you were underaged and not. Yeah. Allowed to work in this country. Yeah, exactly. And I, I had finals, so I couldn't go up the weekend they were filming. But I but I was still involved in production a lot. I don't. They give you a special that. thanks. Yeah, probably not. Um, no, it's on IMDb though. It's, the film's called Getting Home. So if you see it, support it. But, but yeah. Go click on it a bunch of times. Apparently our listeners do that to my profile page because it's my star meter rating has gone up recently. Somebody's looking at it and it certainly isn't casting directors. <laughs> no, it's, it's, they're all casting directors and all the casting directors from Gotham. <laughs> it's like star meter ranks up, but then like the super star meter is just blacklist. <laughs> Never work in New York. Stop letting your friends talk shit about the show. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, oh wow, look, he has a podcast. Oh look, there's Oh look, he... look Gotham's all over. Oh, let's listen. Oh nope, we're not hiring this nope, guy. This asshole. Who's this guy? Gian Gomez. Who does he think he is? Hey man. He thinks he's entitled to an opinion. <laughs> I've been supportive. Sort <laughs> of. I mean I calls him like a season. I wasn't I really wasn't happy in the first episode. But uh No, my my opinion on the show has gotten better than when it started. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean Gian's hasn't. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but Gian's not on the show right now, so it doesn't even matter. Opinion declined about the show. Know what's happening. This is just what's gonna happen from now on when we start talking about Gotham. <laughs> Gian's gonna it's shut gonna down. Disappear. I don't know, we were gonna talk about Birdman, but then somebody Well, too bad we didn't see him. <laughs> I don't know, Gian, what do you want to talk about? Well, keep talking, that's fine. You guys, we can uh, we can talk about the DC movie lineup that they released up through 2020. Yeah, why don't we just go ahead and do that? Okay. So, actually, before we get into that, what was announced first that I don't think we talked about was uh, Marvel, I guess it's unconfirmed, but I guess they announced that Captain America 3, um, after seeing the success of The Winter Soldier, they realized that, oh, we don't have to have like a single contained story, you know, in a one-character film. So, apparently, Captain America 3 will be based upon Marvel Civil War, which I am really excited for. I really hope this is true. I've heard, yeah, rumors about this for a long time now, that the third Avengers movie was going to have something to do with the Civil War timeline. Although, now it's looking more and more like they're going to have, by the time the Avengers 3 comes out, they're going to have a completely new lineup. So, 
Um, it would stand to reason that if they were going to do it, that they would start it with something that wasn't the Avengers and then work their way in. So if they did that, then they could lead into Iron Man... What are we on, 4 now? Uh, he's not doing Iron Man 4. He's not? No. Really? He, have you not seen... There's, there was a lot of time... There's a lot of press when Iron Man 3 was coming out. Robert Downey Jr. said, uh, this will be my last Iron Man film. This is the last one I'm contracted for. I'm not going to do another Iron Man film. Yeah, but then not he just, said... Yeah, he was saying not just because of the money, but I think the story is done. Of course, if Marvel offers him again, like, what, $3 billion, he'll probably do another Iron Man film. He'll, I don't. Like, but, I, when I think about actors like that, and nothing against Robert Downey Jr., I'm just like, why not, dude? Yeah. No, but... What he, are you going to go and do? Like, I mean, you could do anything that you want, but it's just like, how many months out of your life is it? A couple months? I, I think at this point, like, he's he's not even Robert Downey Jr. anymore. At this point, he is actually Tony Stark, and he, now he's just building an Well, Iron it's Man better story. than what he was, like, pre-Iron Man and all of that. Like, when he was completely, like... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had two fucking massive bites at the apple, so that's pretty fantastic. Um... Yeah, if I had a character, if I was associated with a character like that, eh, I'd play the fucking hell out of it, dude. Yeah. You know how many people would want to play something like Tony Stark and never get that opportunity? (laughs) Well, that's why I love Tom Hiddleston, because Tom Hiddleston was a small actor that never gotten anything, and then when he was casted as Loki, like, it completely changed his life. Mm -hmm. And that's why, um, I guess there was, he was in some interview, and uh, the interviewer asked him, because technically speaking, Thor 2, The Dark World was his last count his it was his last contract film to play Loki and they asked him like you know how do you feel that you know this has been such a big part of your life how do you feel now it's done it's over and you're never going to get to do it again and Tom Hiddleston like you know he's he started off kind of well composed but he he kind of broke down into tears and it was it's mm-hmm. really sad because you know he seems like a really great guy He's a great I mean he's a great actor though and I he think is. he's in enough uh, independent movies that like oh yeah I don't think he'll have any trouble finding he work. was uh, oh, he no, was really great not. in a um, the last two lovers left alive I think is what it's called it's a yeah, the vampire, vampire movie it's a very dark story Didn't need to see that um, the trailer looks really good and then I've heard awesome. nothing but good things and the, and the soundtrack is amazing too what is, he's not playing Loki anymore what is all this no um, Thor 2 the dark world was his last contracted film to play Loki so yeah, so I guess... Draft a new contract. Yeah, it's like exactly. He's like the only charismatic villain that they have in that entire universe. <laughs> yeah. Why would they get rid yeah, of him? That's, it's kind of a downside with Marvel, too, because ever since the first Thor film came out, like, every character's been, well, I mean, it's fine, he's just not Loki, you know? So yeah, I think it kind I of mean, hurt him in that regard, but but I guess... Tom well, Thor, I, even with... Like, the first one, I, I didn't even fucking remember the <laughs> villain from the first it Thor. Was the giant it, it ended up being Loki, guy. but like that was the surprise at the end. Um, yeah, it was Frost Trolls. It and was then Toaster, a toaster Man who just shot like a laser. Then a, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like the guy from the day the Earth stood still. Yeah, yeah he, he fucked up a small town population 30 people and, and left a right. town made of wood and, just and destroyed everything. And then what the fuck was the villain in, in Thor 2? Loki again, sort it of, was, but like I never saw space Thor elves. I, like I actually, it was literally just like he fights some space elves, and then there's some black goo. I think. I can't remember that. I remember. Um, I saw Thor to the Dark World online. I streamed it online, and uh, it was good. It was really good. I was surprised. But mm-hmm. um, the the only they're gonna come the after only, you now. Now that you admitted you should. Oh no! (laughs) The the only the only reason why I was really interested in the villain, the only reason I remember the villain, is because it was played by Christopher Eccleston, um, 
Malachi? Malachi, I think. He was a dark elf. Uh, I mean, the film was... Our, I mean, You remember the, that he played him. You do not remember I the character. Remember I the character defy either. you to tell me that you remember anything about the character, because it was so he, underwhelming. Like, he, he... And he's a fantastic actor, don't yeah. get me wrong. It's just, why put him in that role if you're gonna fucking buy... If you're gonna buy Doctor Who, why not just put him on camera? Like, not under a mountain of makeup and poor writing. I, I remember something about his character. Uh, they did not speak English, and when I saw the film, it had no subtitles, so I was lost for like... It's like 90% of Lucy. For every, for every segment of the film that they were speaking in the Dark Elf language, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I just, yeah, I... But... I don't know, that's always kind of been Marvel's downside, is they don't have interesting villains. Um, well, at least in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but also kind of in general. Yeah. But, I mean, then again, they could have Balloon Man. Yeah, well, we don't talk about that. You know, I don't know. I think the most interesting Marvel villains are the Spider-Man villains, and those have not been done well on film. No, they haven't. So You're absolutely right about that. Actually, I, I take that back. I feel like Sam Raimi, like, when he had Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man 2, I thought that villain was an extreme That was villain. very... And that was easily the best... That was the best the Marvel villain. Spider-Man movie. It's, yeah, it's one of the best superhero movies of all time, Spider-Man 2. It yeah. was almost perfect. Um, yeah, I think Willem Dafoe was great as Green Goblin. I think that they really, really missed an opportunity by making him a Power Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's... Because you cast somebody that looks like Willem Dafoe, who's got this, like creepy look to him it's like yeah he would be the perfect green goblin put and some put makeup him on him yeah. and then or do something and then yeah they're just no he's gonna have he's got one of the most expressive faces in 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 all of hollywood and yet we're gonna put him under a plastic mask which you cannot see anything about him Will my favorite part of that movie green is Ranger. you have two people standing on a rooftop monologuing to one another and you cannot see either of their faces both of them are behind a mask and you're just like what the fuck am i watching what (laughs) is this and it's a fine movie don't get me wrong but like it's just i was like really this is why you take at least a little bit of his mask off like rip it off his face so we could see him you know what though those monologues in the raimi films are so much more memorable than any segment in the Mark Webb films. In all of them. In all of the Mark Webb films. There is not one moment. Because I remember in the first Spider-Man... Oh, no, there were plenty of segments in Amazing Spider-Man 2 that I liked a lot. They added up to be about 45 seconds of the overall <laughs> film. But, um, like, that Times Square scene. All of the stuff in costume I liked a lot. I really liked that Times Square scene. Yeah. It was well done. I think they captured... They, they finally got snarky, sarcastic right. Spider-Man. And, uh... But everything else was just, like... I don't care. But, like, the thing that I really remember from the... Especially the first Spider-Man. Like, I haven't seen that movie in years. Like, it's been a really long time. But what I really remember about that film, particularly, is when uh, it has that big scene after the monologue and, like, you have all the people on the Brooklyn Bridge and they just start, like, throwing stuff at Green Goblin. You mess with one of us. You mess with all of us. Right. And like, were, two seconds earlier, they hated him. Right. And, and you remember and that section. The New Yorkers section. are a fickle and cowardly yeah. lot. Right. But, I mean, you remember that segment because it's... it's I'm not going to use the word powerful, but, I mean, it's a very well-done segment. Mm-hmm. Nothing... It was a little bit cheesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, um, all but, of the is cheesy. But nothing in the Mark Webb films even measures up to, like... 
no. emotion, you know? No, like, there's no like, emotion in think it. Think of just all of the iconic scenes in general from those Spider-Man movies. Like, be it... Even though a lot of them get made fun of, like the upside down kiss, that's like cinema history. Like yeah. you remember that image, um, uh, 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 and, and there are a ton of little segments like that. Uh, none of them appearing in Spider-Man Three, but yeah, the Mark Webb films don't have anything even remotely similar. You know, it was actually really, really bad when I was watching the Amazing Spider-Man Two. It was opening day, so the theater was packed, and I was watching it. Uh, my girlfriend was there, and everything. And I, I really did not want to see this movie. I really did not want to see this movie. Wait, which one? Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. And, um, I, yeah, I really didn't want to see it. But we went opening day, because, of course, you want to see it. And um, I'd seen all the posters and everything. So, of course, you know, like, Rhino's going to be in it, kind of. Uh, <laughs> Green Goblin's going to be in it, kind of. And um, <laughs> yeah. Electro's going to be in it. Right. And, you know, everyone, like... That that one segment where spoiler alert when Gwen Stacy dies like when she's falling like this it was it was almost it was almost dead silent in the theater because people were like freaking out they thought she was you know and she died and everything it was just really sad and you could hear some people like sniffling and crying it was terrible as soon as the Green Goblin from the moment the Green Goblin showed up in that film and the thing and he took Gwen Stacy and she fell and she died I could not. Stop laughing. I could not I stop that, laughing. I did that it's, in the first movie with uh, Dr. Stacy. Yeah. Not Dr. Uh, Captain Stacy. <laughs> when he's. And like after his death, there's just like that just just so fucking cliche scene of him like standing there like, no! <laughs> and like, yeah, again, dead silence in the theater, and I'm hysterical laughing like yeah. this is so stupid and I was getting like such weird looks from people because they're like no he's just so powerful like his girlfriend just died they were meant to be together and it was this whole thing and the scene was done well I mean it wasn't done terribly wrong but it was just the point when the green goblin showed no, up it was kind of ridiculous like right. I, that moment okay see the thing about that is it is a bit memorable but not because of the filmmaking. It's just that I was surprised when it happened, and of course I know that Gwen Stacy only exists to die in these films, but I didn't think they were going to do it in this one because they saved it till the very end, and I'm like, okay, what are we we, we doing now? They're not going to kill fucking Emma Stone. She's way too fucking famous. Um, They they had that in the trailer, though. But And then he kept... did they? Yeah. In the trailer, if you go back and look at the trailer, and this is again, like, the trailer I didn't even think I watched the yeah. trailer, honestly. The yeah. trailers for the Amazing Spider-Man film, there were so many things that I hated about those trailers. Like, there are segments in the trailer that they filmed just to have in the trailer. Completely not in the film. It's just in the trailer. But, um, I mean, like, the last shot of the film's in the trailer. But one of the segments in the trailer is Peter Parker holding de- Gwen Stacy's dead, limp body wow. screaming out in pain. It was in the trailer! That's amazing. Like... No, like, I uh, I went to see that movie with my dad, um, and as they did it, like, they, they, they tease it, um, <laughs> they tease it when they go up on the George Washington Bridge, and Green Goblin's there, and I'm like, okay, whoa, what, are they gonna do that? Because it's in the comics, that's where he throws her. Yeah. Um, not off of a clock tower that's in a giant power plant for no reason yeah, whatsoever. Really was it was in slow motion. Tower. Yeah. <laughs> was it there? But why would they... Like, I got went back and thought about it, and like I didn't even really think about it that much in the movie, because I was just so taken aback by that they were actually going to fucking kill this woman on camera. Um, 
Oh yeah, for those of you that don't know, Emma Stone actually died during the filming. Yeah, she's no longer with us. Uh, God rest her soul. Um, No, but um, but the reason why it was so funny to me is because the movie was it was like an excessive two hours and forty five minutes or something, and by the two hour and twenty minute mark, I was dying to get out of the theater. I was just going like, okay, wrap it up, let's go home. And then the Green Goblin showed up, and I fucking burst out laughing because I was thinking, that's right. There's still another villain in this film, mm-hmm. and it was just—it was just astounding it, to me. It was a six-act film. It was a six-act film. I—I I, walking into that film, even walking into the first Amazing Spider-Man, I was thinking to myself, no matter what they do, there is no possible way it can be worse than Spider-Man Three. And the Amazing Spider-Man Two, for all intents and purposes, I found worse than Spider-Man Three. Okay, maybe worse. I find. Spider-Man 3 more offensive. It hurt me more. <laughs> um, because I had no expectations for Amazing Spider-Man 2, and when I came out of it, I was like, alright. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. I don't I don't hate it. I don't feel anything, really. Um, other than, like, I, I was very psyched about Emptiness. the fact that... A lighter wallet. Yeah, <laughs> a, lighter wallet. a lighter wallet, yes. No, I was happy about the fact that they got that aspect of Spider-Man right, the jokiness, which we didn't get for three films. But no, Amazing Spider-Man 3. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, I don't even consider the first one a thing that I do. I remember nothing from it. Um, other than the lizard looked like the Goombas from the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 3 was painful to me. Maybe just because, like, who are we going to get to play Venom? To play Eddie Brock, ex-bodybuilder. Um, the oh, kid from yeah. that 70s show. <laughs> Topher fucking Grace. Uh, what's he going to look like? Well, you know, Topher Grace. He's going to have some fucked up teeth. He's going to have scary teeth. <laughs> He's going to have the mask, don't worry, you're not going to see it. Uh, but for... 10 seconds. They clocked that. It's 11 seconds that the Venom face appears on screen. Really? Of that was his... the worst. Yeah. That was so bad. I was so angry in that scene. <laughs> that w- I think that was the scene I walked out on. Was that the end? I don't know if it was the end. Because I, it was close I enough. I think I walked out on that. I was like, that was it for Venom? I was like, okay, I'm done with this fucking movie. That's all <laughs> I came here to see, and you're not even going to show me that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Thanks. Thanks, Sam Raimi. Yeah, I was... <laughs> Spiteful at the end. I believe, and I was an adult at this point. Yeah. Eh, more or less. Yeah, <laughs> like, I took to the internet. I believe I went to the IMDb boards and bitched for like six months. <laughs> like, literally every day, just like, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this. And I've never been that guy. But for this single time, but yeah, it was bad. We were like, promised Venom, I and was we got nothing. So upset. You know, that's how I felt. Like, uh, oh it was God. like it was like somebody fucking injured a family man. Like, like somebody kidnapped my fucking grandma. <laughs> I was like, I, I cannot <laughs> stand away, for this. Come rescue me. <laughs> I will not let this stand. There must be justice. <laughs> justice! <laughs> and it never happened. <laughs> I just slowly grow, grew cold and bitter and 
then felt nothing at all for, for the rest of my life. I've found it off time internet right now. <laughs> people would listen. But I know, the technology caught up to us. I mean, there were podcasts back then, but I didn't know how to do it. I did the... You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I did the same exact thing after Resident Evil Afterlife came out. Yeah. Because, you know... It I, took you that long? Well, I mean, the that first... many movies? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the first three films, yeah, they were insulting, but at least they were well-constructed films. If you look at, the, like, Resident Evil Afterlife, that fourth film... It isn't even done well. Like if you if you if you respect their art, no, in quotations. Is that the one artistic. where she went like full neo? Had she gone full neo? Yeah, yet? she was full neo. Okay. No, 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 no. That was the one where she was full neo for the first three minutes of the film, and they did this cop out like doing she lose Deus her Ex Machina or something. They inject because you remember at the end of the third film. I you know, only watched, I think. Up to the end of the second film. Okay. The, well, the entire third film, what it is, is... It's a plot line they completely abandoned after that film, though. I guess the entire Earth had become one big desert, and uh, it made no sense. But, like, the Umbrella Corporation so it's was become, like, around. a Mad Max kind of movie. Yeah, it, it looked point. like Mad... And it did look like Mad Max, where they had all these cars, and they are souped up, and there were chase scenes and everything. But there was, um... The Umbrella Corporation was there, and they were in underground labs all across the world. And they had a bunch of clones of Alice. And she was, like, partially Neo by the end of the second film. Mm. They had a bunch of clones of Alice, and they were all partially Neo. And they were running her through, like... They were running all these clones through simulations. Because, I guess, the, the one Alice, the main the real one... Alice. Yeah, is immune to the virus. Uh-huh. So they're trying to replicate this exact circumstances in which made her this person. So that they could find, Wait, you know, what? a cure to it. Yeah, It made no sense. Wasn't she just injected with the T-virus? Yes, she was. That's why she she's was... all super strong, too, because she has an immunity right, right, to right. it evolving inside her. Right. right. But, um, but so they had all these clones that they were running through the situations and everything, and eventually um, this Mad Max convoy takes the fight to Umbrella, and they find literally thousands of these fucking clones that are all partially Neo- and, you know, she has this whole thing at the very end where they, she's on this conference call with the other Umbrella CEOs, and she's going, like, brace yourselves. Trying to, they're trying to bid for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she's like, brace yourselves, because I'm coming for you. And it was, it, was, it was kind of exciting. I mean, mm. regardless of what you think about the Resident Evil films, those, up till that point, they were still constructive. They they're were still so entertaining. Not even that. Well, well, I mean, not even that. They were still put together in a sense where it's a two-hour film that has a structured narrative, all right? Um, and it was cool to see at the end, there are thousands of these clones. So, you know, you imagine, like, the natural progression is you have this whole big build-up where they're planning, and you set them up, and you bring the fight to Umbrella, and you face Wesker, and you bring down Umbrella, and it's the end of it. That's not what they do. The beginning of the fourth film starts, and it starts off... And these thousands of partially neos are attacking the Umbrella Corporation base. Right. Wesker presses a he literally presses Blows a them button, okay. nukes them all, Great. and they all die awesome. except the original one, who happens to be on the same plane as Wesker as he's flying away. And when when she's when so he's flying away, so was a decoy. Well, yeah. Is that what? That's the worst decoy ever. Right. I'm gonna waste all these superhuman me's <laughs> just to fucking trick this dude and like 
just to distract him because I'm on the same plane. This is how I'm going to kill him. Right. And, Do they, and she could have done so much of those. <laughs> Why she, would you waste those? And, and she's a, she could have used two and, to like, just distract. I don't know. And, and instead of going up and like shooting him from like a safe five feet away, she walks up behind them because you know, she's got to have that last right, word. And Wesker, who at this point is not superhuman yet, just turns around and injects her with something and makes her human again, completely removes all her neo And throws powers. her out of the plane or what? No, no, okay. And then this plane crashes face first into a mountain. Like it has one of those things where... It freeze frames as as the nose of the plane hits this mountain, uh-huh. and they're both in the cockpit. They're both in the cockpit, and you see this nose of just this plane. It just crumples the nose. It just and crumples falls. and it just crumples this nose, and they're going like two hundred miles an hour. Right. It just crumples his nose, and there's this big explosion. You know, the screen fades out, and then it fades back in. And Alice, who at this point is completely human, just walks away. And then, of course, Wesker shows back, and he's like, oh, I injected myself with the whatever thing. With the T-virus? No, it's not even the T-virus at this point. Like, you know those things from Resident Evil 5 that have, like, the flowery mouths? Yeah. They bring them in. There's no explanation. They just bring them in. And Wesker has one of those things, and his, because he's Wesker, Mm. is eight feet long. Like, it's this huge fucking flower thing. And Wesker's point in the film is, I'm going to eat Alice, because she's immune, and we can't have that. It was the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen and the entire film the entire film felt like it was filmed in five minute segments where the director Paul W.S. Anderson was like you know what would look cool if we had this in slow motion so they had it in slow motion that was the entire film was comprised of five minute shots each of which had 30 seconds of slow motion in it he's uh he's married to the lead he is married to the lead what that's is her name again? She was in Milyovich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's literally the only reason these films exist. Because <laughs> they're married. Is because they're married. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about sleeping your way to get the job. Paul W. S. Anderson. Well, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I had a teacher that was going over demo reels one time, and she showed us like the demo reel for a friend of hers, and she said that she was in the Evil Dead movies, and I got really, really excited to see it. Um, and then it turned out she it was Resident, Resident Evil, Evil right. and I was super oh, less excited. Oh, God. But, uh, yeah, her, she's friends with Mila Jovovich. Whoopsie, I really? Resident no, Evil. No, no. I don't know. I, I, don't, have, I have no idea what the character's name was. I have a bone to pick with Paul W.S. Anderson. You have bones to pick with lots of people. I have bones to pick with lots of people. I'm really, I'm really simple. You also have bones to pick with Wes Anderson? Jaded. No. No. No, not Wes Anderson. Paul W.S. Anderson, Michael Bay... It's like they went to the same school. Like they were taught by the same dude. Yeah. Here, we'll show you how to make a structured narrative. Ignore all of this. We'll teach you how to fuck it up. Uh. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, New York Film Academy. (laughs) Shots fired. Shots fired. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) Yes, Mr. Pino, you're on academic suspension. What? Why? (laughs) Academics? Ah! You're going to lose all your bathroom privileges. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) They might try No more potty time for you, Mr. (laughs) Pingo. Stick to your classes. We're going to go into the DC movie lineup. That's what we're doing. So, when, uh, when Marvel came out with the whole Civil War thing, DC had to, you know, like they've been doing for the past 10 years, find some way to stay relevant. And they just, quote unquote, leaked their entire movie release lineup through the year 2020. 
So, starting 2016, we will be getting Batman, Five Superman, Dawn of Justice. That'll be the first film. What? Yep. Shocked. Color me surprised. Yeah, you know, which, you know, with all the casting reports at this point, is basically the, the prelude Justice League to the Part Justice one. League. Yeah. Justice League Part Negative One. Justice League, yeah, Part point five. Justice League Gaiden. Justice League Origins. Justice League, come on, Pino, Pino Gina, what, what'd you get? Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice. And then following, 20, following 2016's Batman Five Superman, uh, the fall we will see Suicide Squad. Is that going to be... Have they said anything about that? Other than I was looking on IMDb and Will Smith is allegedly attached to it? Will Smith, Ryan Gosling, and Tom Hardy were all offered parts in the film. Okay. But I guess... I don't think Tom Hardy's going to take it. That's going to be my prediction. Yeah. I mean, Although I... he would be great, it's just I don't see that happening. Dude, Tom Hardy would make an awesome Deadshot. He would. He'd be an awesome anything. I'll support yeah, he's him. an awesome anything. He was fantastic as Bane, which was a character that I really didn't care for at, ever. Um, but except for in that movie. Uh, who was the other one? You said Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. I don't have much of an opinion one way or another. It's just because you haven't seen Drive. Trust me. I don't watch movies. Yeah, he's unfamiliar with this medium called film and television yeah and theater yeah just podcasts just podcasts internet radio radio that's all you got it's the future yeah this whole cinema thing that's a dying art form <laughs> small it's time gonna, podcasting it's like, where it's at it's like the internet it's just a passing phase yeah. what are we gonna do without the internet we're just gonna have to be off time radio which is the name of our website www.offtimeradio.com this podcast is sponsored by no no um, one at all. No but one. But if you would like to, you're looking at you, Fox. Can we, can we work on that? Can we get a sponsor? Uh, that could be your job. Actually, yeah. you could put your producer pants on, mister, and find us some money. Is that what a producer we need does? To have an audience <laughs> first. Finds the money. We have an audience. It's not a very consistent one. But we have numbers. I mean, we got numbers. Uh, we don't need to talk about that on the air, but. <laughs> but. But, um. But anyways, moving on to 2017, um, we will see Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman in her own standalone film. Is that how you say that? Yeah, Gal Gadot. It's it's how she says it. So I mean, I guess. I mean, I've heard it Gal Gadot and Gal Gadot. Well, I we'll always said Gadot, but she's not French, so why would it be that? Yeah, but but um, but yeah, I I feel like this film could go one of two ways. It could either be good. Yeah, it could either be the best or bad. Yeah, it could either. Arguably, I think it could be the best DC cinematic film if they're not constrained to anything. Because there are a lot of things you could do with. I don't movie. think it's gonna be I'd, like I'm gonna. I, it's not gonna be the best DC cinematic film. It's not gonna be Dark Knight. It's just not. Yeah, but I mean, it's not gonna be Dark Knight. But of this current lineup. Yeah, sure. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying it's gonna be bad, but just my prediction not gonna be better than Dark Knight. Just because, like, look at it. Just like, there's so much going on. There's too much going on. And right. if they pull it off, which will be hard. Then you know, bravo. But I, I, yeah, I don't. Because Dark Knight's one of those movies that even real movie type people say is you know one of the better films of the decade. Yeah, I, I feel like though, if if you take a Wonder Woman story, there's so much you could do with it. There's so many good things you. Could oh, do absolutely. With it. Oh, wait, are we talking about Wonder Woman or 
Wonder Batman Woman. 5 Superman. I'm talking about Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. Then everything that I just said was wrong because I was not talking about the right thing. Okay. No, I'm thinking uh, Wonder Woman, like, I think there's so many things that you could do with it. It could potentially be the best film of this lineup, but I feel like the studio's not going to give a shit and they're going to half-ass the film. I don't know. It depends on the reaction from uh, this, this, this first movie coming out. Um, plus... There is a very, very vocal um, sort of feminist comic book community uh, saying, "Where the fuck is the female hero protagonist?" Yeah, yeah. yeah it's and it's true. It's like, we come on, this some, is year yeah. twenty fourteen. Why not try it? Maybe it doesn't work out. But it's like it just seems to be such an antiquated notion to say that. Oh, it's you know, it's a boys' game. We're gonna. It's it's got we got to appeal to only men. It's like there are plenty of women that go see these movies, and why not give it a chance? Although we had Electra, how did that do? <laughs> did not. We had Electra and then Catwoman, and that kind of killed Catwoman's it for both sides. But but it's like how could any sane person hold that up and then be like, this is going to be our yardstick. This is exactly. going to be how we measure um, what people think of female protagonists in an action film. Exactly. I mean, there's so many. There are there are a lot of strong female leads out there, and it's really sad that we're not getting to see any of them represented, just because they're like, oh, it's not gonna draw a big crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's it's. I don't know. It's like it you got people like Scarlett Johansson who did terrific as 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 Black Widow. Um, not people like Scarlett Johansson, just Scarlett Johansson. There's no <laughs> one else playing that character at the moment. But I don't know why I phrased it that way. But yeah, like I, that would be. A, I would watch a standalone Black Widow movie, and it would be a hell of a lot better than Thor two. It'd be a hell of a lot better than Captain America. Yeah, that's true. Not Hopefully. Captain America two. That was very good. Not but, saying that it can't be better than that. I'm just saying probably not. <laughs> but um, but following Wonder Woman, we have the Justice League, part one. Mm-hmm. So we're getting an official Justice League film. It's not actually all going to be crammed into Batman. Five Have they said Man. anything about like the directing end of this? Yes. Uh, Zack Snyder will be doing Batman 5 Superman, Justice League Part 1 and 2. He'll probably be doing... Why? I don't know. I, I just don't know. Uh, I also... I don't know where it is. Or I don't know where it's supposed to fit on this list. Maybe I just didn't see it and didn't write it down. But uh, they're also supposed to have um, another standalone Superman film. Also, a standalone Batman sure. film. Well, that's what I'm getting. Well, actually, no. Let Zack Snyder have the Justice League. I don't really care. Um, I just want Ben Affleck to direct one of these movies because he's such a fucking phenomenal director. You think so? I, I mean, do. I... I really do. I think that him directing a standalone Batman film or him directing the Justice League film, um, compared to other people in the game right now, yeah, absolutely, dude. I, I mean, I know he did doctor the script for um, Batman 5 Superman. Like, he had creative input on the script, as well as the co-writer of Argo also did. So hopefully that'll save it, but I don't know. I, I saw Argo, and I was one of the few people that I wasn't entirely blown away by it. Well, I wasn't. I like the town a lot better. Um, I, li- I just, I don't know. I like him more as a director these days than as an actor. I, uh, but I don't really see oops. him acting all that much anymore. <laughs> I uh, I liked him for Gone Baby Gone a lot. Yes, I didn't yeah, really care for The Town, game. and I never saw her go. Mm-hmm. Town was good. I didn't think it was better than Gone Baby Gone, though. Yeah. But um, what do you what do you think? Justice League Part One? Anything? Gian? Gian? Got anything? 
I have nothing to say about Justice it either. It's just League. so far away. So far away. What else? Um, so following Justice League Part 1, we'll have, in 2018, uh, The Flash film. The That's Flash so will The Flash. Yeah. The Flash will also be portrayed by Ezra... Ezra. As... Fuck, I, I just blanked on his name. Ezra... He, he was in Perks of Being a Wallflower. Which, I mean, he was really good in that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he'll be as The Flash, but... He played that um, character Patrick really well. Yeah. Pretty accurate to the books. Yeah. I didn't see that movie, so I have nothing to base it by like other than movie. his headshot that really Michael sent me, like and it. I was I like, the book. well, this is a I lovely like man, but because like, I didn't read that it said The Flash. Mm. When you texted me, I'm like, okay, this is nice, <laughs> but what? who is this? <laughs> I believe I said, he's dreamy, but who the fuck is he? <laughs> yeah, I said that. It's like, I'm introducing you to The Flash, and I shit to the no. picture. You just get the picture get popped up first, probably. But, but no, I mean... He, he was a really good actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, I don't know how it be as a Flash. I mean, I really like the person who's portraying Barry Allen. I came out weird. Barry Allen on, on the TV the show. The TV show, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, this is just another instance that DC just refuses to be consistent. Well, I, d- I don't. Like, it seems like I, there's a lot of weird. angry people on the internet about how they're not bringing over those characters. The wh- you're fucking out of your mind, man. Angry people but on yeah, the internet. But I mean, that's the most ridiculous thing to think ever, that they were going to bring those actors over for the movies. Well, I mean, you think that too with Marvel, but Marvel's clearly brought over people from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, but they had, it, yeah, they had that planned out from the get-go. The, like, the whole CW thing, that was completely different. Yeah. I mean, DC. that had existed before this whole DC shared cinematic universe. I is mean, it a shared cinematic universe? It is now. I mean, we only have one film in it so far, but like, it's it's planned to be that way. But nothing before that, like nothing before that counts. It was never intended to be. You know, it I was, feel like the Man of Steel was the first one that they even hinted at that. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, like, when the first Iron Man film came out, it was a really great film from mm-hmm. the get-go. Sure. And when they had the after credit sequence, it was like, I'm talking to you about the Avengers Initiative. And they, they built it from there. Yeah. But I think the strongest point about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Iron Man was the establishing brick. It was the established, it was the foundation for what they were building their universe off of. Mm-hmm. If Man of Steel was their foundation for the DC Cinematic Universe, their house is going to be built upon like bricks of just shit. Because that... I, Really hated that film. Yeah, I mean, I didn't love it. Um, but yeah, they're working backwards. I mean, it, it, and it's just reactive. It has nothing to do. It's like they, they don't have the patience to build that house. But with Marvel, they had no choice. All of their A-list characters were, you know, at different studios at that point. They didn't have Spider-Man. They didn't have the X-Men. They didn't even have Daredevil. They didn't have Fantastic Four. They didn't have anything. So it's like you get Iron Man, and Iron Man, before, if you uh, children out there remember a time before Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man, yeah. he was not an A-list character at all. He, No one gave two shits about Iron Man before that movie. I think the most... I think the only thing people knew Iron Man from was he was heading up the dick side of Civil War. Yeah, yeah. I like, mean, you had Captain America and his side, and you had the dicks. It's not like Iron he's complete. He wasn't Animal Man. He wasn't completely obscure to the point that nobody's heard of him. But like, what about Stilt Man? Huh? What about Stilt Man? What about him? <laughs> people know Stilt Man. No. Gian, do you know Stilt Man? Mm. A Spider-Man villain. There is a legitimate Spider-Man villain called Stilt Man. He fights on stilts. Oh boy. Right. Um, 
No, he doesn't. You're a liar. Um, <laughs> but no, like yeah. Boomerang. Captain Boomerang. No, no, there's a guy who uses a boomerang in like the Spider-Man universe. He's just a boomerang? No, he just uses a boomerang. So he's Captain Boomerang. I don't boomerang, actually know he's not Captain Boomerang. Without the title. He's not. Yeah, okay, alright. <laughs> sure, he's Captain Boomerang without the title. But, but no, DC, they're just... It's a reaction to what Marvel's doing. And it, it seems like a reaction to what Marvel's doing. It doesn't seem like they're trying to work in a cinematic universe organically like how Marvel did. They're just throwing shit out there to remain relevant at this point. Because, I mean, they already had Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, I don't know, they blew their wad with Man of Steel. So they're just like, put them together! Throw out the Justice League! And, you know, I don't know. It just, it feels, it feels rushed. I don't like, they didn't even, rushed. like, bother with, like, a sting or anything like that. It just, it, it seems like they're so old. <laughs> the people running DC. Yeah. They're like a bunch of grumpy old men who are like, well, you know, back in my day, we didn't have to do a stinger. We had a Batman movie with Jack Nicholson, and that was enough. It, it, it feels like... You remember those old I'm a Mac and I'm a PC commercials? Mm. That's what it feels like. Oh, DC is the That's PC. That's the one where it turns into a walrus at the end, right? DC is what? John Hodgman. Commercial, yeah. yeah, like, eventually John Hodgman, like, um, drugs Justin Long and turns so him into a walrus. He's like, I'm sick of your shit. bullshit. <laughs> About PCs. <laughs> like Fuck the... you, viruses. <laughs> Both of those people are famous now based on that. Before that, you had no idea who those people were. But, but, uh, but yeah, after The Flash, we have uh, Jason Momoa, Kyle Drogo as... Finally Aquaman. announced. Finally. They've been talking about that for, like, I feel like the last 35 years. See, when I, when I first heard that Kyle Drogo... Uh, Dro- <laughs> Dro- Jason Momoa was cast as someone, like... I saw a lot of speculation in the internet that he was going to be Lobo, and I well, no. Have that. you seen Lobo lately? No, I have. I haven't seen him lately. No. Good for you. But <laughs> he looks like an anime character now. Does he? Mm-hmm. He's the lead singer for like a screamo band. Now. No, he literally he's tall and thin, and then like the first issue of Lobo number one for the new Fifty Two is him killing the other Lobo and saying that the other Lobo had stolen his identity. So he was the real Lobo all along. This new one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Fuck it. So hard. But, um... Did you get that? Did no, you get that? no. I, no. I almost picked it up yesterday again, and then I'm like, no, I'm not paying money for this. <laughs> I won't Why? support this. Just I'm to not... know what's going on. Right. Fortunately, Midtown Comics has no qualms about you standing there and reading all of their shit without purchasing it. Taking up their customers. It just feels really weird when I do that. I tried to do that. Like, oh, because like, you it. have to pretend to learn how to read, and then I just, yeah, I just like it for the pictures. And then all of the 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 employees are coming by and touching your ass. It's hard to take you anywhere. Wait, wait, what? You didn't see that? I didn't. No, what? I'm pretty sure that happened like six. I really times. liked um, that comic I picked up. By the way, Birthright. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's good first issue. I. I read um, Deadpool's Art of War. That was that was an interesting read. How was that? Uh, it, it was all right. I mean, it's not the best iteration of Deadpool that I've seen recently. That um, distinction belongs solely to Ryan Reynolds and in in Wolverine Origin. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's just it's not all that terribly interesting. Like it's really funny. Like it starts off with a really funny con- uh, concept, but it just. It's Did not you read um, Brian Pissane's uh, run on Deadpool? 
Was that the fear itself run? No. It was, um... Is there another guy who wrote Dr. McNinja? Wrote the Deadpool fear itself run. That was really funny. Maybe it was Brian Posehn. I don't know. It was. I picked up a few issues. Though. It was really. Do you like, know who Brian Posehn is? Gross. I don't. Who's Brian? Comedian. The comedian. Oh. He's um, the comedian. The comedian. Yeah, he played the comedian. But um. He should have. He's perfect for that role. <laughs> but no, there's. Big there's, rippling Adonis is what he is. Well, what was that run about? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I'd describe uh, Brian Posehn. The what? The Deadpool. Yeah, what was that run about? I don't know. I only picked up, like, three issues. It was really wacky. It was, like, at one point him uh, hunting down, like, famous people from history, like Abe Lincoln is evil. Really? He's got to fucking kill him. Uh, he's got to, like, chop off his head. He kills uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin at one point with electricity. <laughs> uh, I think a kite. Just get back to this. Oh, okay. Uh, um, <laughs> Sorry, just because we gotta call this episode to a close soon. All right, 2019, we see Shazam with Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Black Adam. Uh, we also see that. Just, Have they said anything about Shazam himself? Uh, no, that he's actually going to be played by um, Jaden Smith. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Dear God, I, I hope not. Of course, uh, it can happen. Will Smith is the most powerful man in the universe right now. He could make these things happen. He could. Um, but also, we have, here we have the Justice League Part 2. And then in 2020, we have the really obscure ones. We're starting off with Cyborg, portrayed by the actor whose only credit is Batman 5 Superman. And then that really—that's interesting to me, and I like that a lot already. I have—he no, could be horrible. He could be like the next Hitler, but I just like the idea that they—they have enough faith in him that they put him in this huge fucking movie. Maybe they just don't know. Maybe maybe they haven't actually seen his on-screen. They're not saying on YouTube on him, or no? Really? I'm gonna go look wow. him up on IMDb. The the real IMDb, right? The real not one. the crayon version. Yeah, no. The one you pay for. Right, and then see what his credits are if he has any beyond that or what his history is then I'm going to email him I'm going to stalk him then I'm going to find his house I'm going to sleep in his bed and hopefully some of his love that got really dark that got really dark really quickly <laughs> no I don't know uh, no I'm super interested to hear that like it, oh it, I can tell I can I can tell you definitely seem like you want to you have an I've never even seen this interest person. Interest in this man. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, and then finishing off. 20- so whoever you are, fella, look out. This is <laughs> this is called stardom. It's what happens. <laughs> and then we're gonna finish off 2020 with the Green Lantern as a film. Have they said anything at all about that? Like they not- have not said. Thing. Have they said, like, they haven't said anything regarding what lantern? They did not say what lantern, who will be portraying the lantern, what, would what be the your, story's going to be. What would be your choice if uh, you had one? It's it's going to be really, re- if I if I could choose, I'd pick Kyle Rayner. Because I think Kyle Rayner is the most interesting lantern. And it'd be, like, such a contrast from this dark brooding thing that they're setting up anyways. I don't know how they're going to do the flash. No, they'd have to have a dark brooding Kyle Rayner or else he couldn't be in a movie, Michael. No, That's what people pay to see. He, he couldn't be in a Warner Brothers movie, DC Warner Brothers movie. I know. I don't know what you mean by that. But um, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be so funny if they just regurgitate the last Green Lantern film we saw. It's gonna be so funny. Um, it would be kind of hard to do a Kyle Rayner standalone film. 
without having any of the mythology established already. Because his backstory is after all of the Green Lanterns are killed. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't even think of the guy's name. The one little guardian that's left goes and gives him the last ring. And then... Well, I mean, it would... Again, that's, that's literally exactly like Nova. Mm-hmm. So that would be cool as well if we got a Nova film. Like about the salmon? But, but no, 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 no. The Nova Corps. No, like the Nova salmon. You get it on a bagel. No, no, no. no. Costs a lot of money, but no. it's good. Salty. Dude, don't talk about food. Don't don't talk about food. I'm really hungry. It's not processed sugar. You would have no interest. <laughs> but um, but no, it's gonna be really funny if they just end up regurgitating the same shit that we saw two years ago. Don't you just eat one of these board games? Uh, I don't. Know. Is that nutrition? I've I've never actually played that board game. So. Clue? I've never played Clue either. Not just that particular one, but. Gian, have you ever played Clue? Um, for about ten minutes, and then I just walk away from it. I don't like. We should have a podcast in which we all play Clue. Nope. We could all nope. play Clue. I won't, I won't think. let me know in advance. I don't want to be there that day. Oh, is it like Birdman? I'll come up with some kind of excuse to not show up. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I can't play Clue. I'm going to go watch Birdman Sorry, by myself. Guys, I'm going to go sleep. Is this even on? Play Clue. No, it's not on. I turned it off. <laughs> so that's all gone. It's been off for like an hour, you know. Jeez. All right. Well... <laughs> Anyways, this concludes this episode.